Welcome to the City Reach Baptist podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. From a deadly predicament, from ourselves, by the maker and sustainer of everything. And he did it by giving his own son to death for our sakes. He rose from the dead. And then anyone who puts their trust in him is promised life, good life, forever. That is good news, right? That is amazing news and we need to share it. And we fumble over it because we're really not that bold. And I'm not that bold. Because it's like what Jason was saying, there's moments where you just, you don't want to step on anyone's toes. Or you're just plain afraid. You're afraid you're going to offend someone, upset someone, spoil a friendship. I was involved in a, in a workshop a couple of weeks ago uh, here at the school for a whole lot of schools. It was called Not Ashamed of the Gospel Workshop, designed to help Christian students to grow bolder in sharing their faith, in talking about Jesus with others. And it was, it was awesome. It was really encouraging for all of us. Last week, and we gave out all these badges. Some of them look like that. Last week, I'm wearing this badge on my jacket. And we had a Cedar College Open Day. And... Um, I was speaking to um, a parent who was there, saying hello and doing the right job. Um, and um, she said, oh, what's the badge? Is that like some girl power kind of thing? <laughs> and in that moment, oh, I'm like, oh, what do I say? Like, I'm not ashamed. Um, but I don't know whether you're a Christian or not. And if I explain to you that this is about deliberately training Christian students to convert non-Christian students, and you're from a non-Christian family, how's this going to look? Because this is quite revolutionary. And um, I, I, I tell her, just, um, this is about encouraging Christian students to, to share their faith with others. And she's like, ah, oh, is that something Pastor Timon's involved in? <laughs> I'm like, ah. And then it turns out that she uh, was from a Christian family and she's totally on board with it and, and quite excited about it. And that was encouraging. But do you get it? Like, it's tricky. It's tricky to um, set the right note, to know when to be bold and not be ashamed and, and what that even looks like. And I'm pretty shocking with this stuff. Um, tonight, we're going to look at what the early church did and um, the challenges we face seem tame compared to what they faced. But the same way that they were able to grow in boldness, we can too. And there is so much in tonight's text that is going to help us grow bolder. You ready for it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel, the good news that Jesus died and rose again for our sakes. That we repent of our sins and we put our faith in him and we are saved and restored to you and set on a mission. And God, we are... Um, fumbling on the mission often and we need boldness please give us boldness by the power of the holy spirit tonight in jesus name amen um so previously in acts 
Um, <clears throat> this all comes off the back of a, a great moment, a fantastic moment. So um, think about this. Peter and John, they've seen Jesus rise from the dead. They've seen him go back to heaven. They've been empowered by the Holy Spirit, and they've seen thousands of people turning to Jesus. And they go to the temple to pray. And think about this. This is totally different now. You used to go to the temple. It was a place where you could tenuously make some kind of connection with God. <laughs> but now the Holy Spirit has made a connection with them. And they go to the temple, it must have felt totally different. But they're going there at the hour of prayer, probably to pray. But they're also there on a mission. And they're at, they're at the gate, the beautiful gate, and there's a beggar there asking them for money. And they're like, got no money. They look at him. And Peter declares that this man be healed in the name of Jesus. He takes him by the hand and lifts him up. And the man who'd never walked before in 40 years, his ankles are strengthened. And he stands to his feet. Never walked before. I'm expecting a whole lot of wobbliness at this moment. And he was probably a bit wobbly. But he starts jumping and leaping and praising God. And he's making a scene. And people come from everywhere. And they're amazed at what's going on. And Peter, he's on a mission. Grabs the opportunity right there. And he says, this is because of Jesus. And you rejected Jesus. And you need to repent of that and come to him and experience these times of refreshing as you put your faith in him instead. And the people are all abuzz about it. And the priests and the Sadducees and, and the captain of the temple, they notice it and they freak out because there's these men here that they're teaching and especially teaching about Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. And so they lock them up for the night. Shut down. But not before thousands of people turn to Jesus. The next day, rulers and the elders... Um, and the scribes, they interrogate Peter and John, despite not being able to explain away this very clear and obvious miracle. And so once again, Peter's on mission. He takes the opportunity and he shares the gospel with them loud and clear. Um, and all they can do rather pathetically is just say, can you just stop talking about Jesus? <laughs> and they send them on their way. Um, Peter's reply is classic just beforehand, when they say, just don't talk about this man, Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. That boldness. They've got no comeback. They go, go. <laughs> so they go. And you know what they do? The first thing they do, first step to growing bold in sharing and speaking about Jesus is they rally together. So we're looking in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, page 912 of the Pew Bibles, um, verse 23 of Acts chapter 4. When they were released, they went to their friends straight away. Boldness comes from getting together. If there's one thing that you get from the book of Acts, it's this, that the mission of the church is a team effort. Can you imagine this? Like Peter and John, they've just been shut down for doing the one thing that they plan to do for the whole rest of their lives, is point people to Jesus. They've been locked up, they've been threatened and dismissed. That would knock my confidence a fair bit. Like if I was in that situation, my temptation is just to go to ground, go home, crawl into bed, put the covers over and just wait for the dust to clear for a while. But not the apostles. They get everyone together. And this is the very best step they could take. Because this was a critical moment. And God was about to give them boldness that was going to kick them into overdrive for the next few chapters and centuries. If you're feeling discouraged, 
The temptation is to hibernate. But that just leaves you with your discouragement yourself. <laughs> but doing what we're doing tonight and what happens during the week at, at flow groups and at prayer groups and real life groups is just what you need. We rally together because we're in this together. They get boldness from rallying together. The other day I saw Toy Story 3, finally, finally, because <laughs> my kids are old enough to not be scared by it. I had to wait all that time. Um, Toy Story 3, Buzz Lightyear, over and over again. This is my um, strategy for getting past copyright infringement. <laughs> Just draw it yourself. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, cheers. You guys, let's rally together. Thank you for the encouragement. I'm feeling encouraged. He says, the important thing is that we stick together. Stick together. There's this one point, no real big spoilers, but, you know, it's been like 15 years now. You should have seen this movie. The toys are falling into an incinerator at the dump, and it looks like this hopeless situation, and this beautiful moment is they start to take each other's hands. And for them, um, it was going down together. We stick together. We're going down together. But for the early church, we gathered here, and for us, it's not about going down together, but it's about looking up together. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. They get boldness from rallying together. They get boldness from sharing their story. Stories are exciting, right? So good to hear tonight from Jason and the stuff that's going on with him. The other night at PVC... Um, if you weren't there, you missed this cracker of a story. Pastor Vincent, he's telling us this story of a, um, a tough guy that came into his physio with a, with a sore shoulder, and Pastor Vincent is working his magic um, with, with the physio stuff. But the conversation turns to spiritual matters, and Pastor Vincent um, spoke boldly and prayed boldly into the situation. And um, within a couple of return visits, this man has surrendered his life to Jesus. How good is that? You encouraged by that story? That's exciting, right? That's big. Big stuff happens, like, like what happened there with Pastor Vince. It's super encouraging, but it can also be pretty overwhelming. Like Peter and John coming back, 5,000 people just became believers. That's massive, right? Um, but I don't have stories like that. So my temptation is to just be quiet because it's not so impressive. But share your stories. Share your little stories. There's little things that don't get noticed by everyone can still be super encouraging. Like last Monday after chapel here in this room, we had like um, a dozen people just praying. And this one young guy praying out loud for the first time that he would have boldness to share with his friends about Jesus. How good is that? Little story, but that's big. That's encouraging, right? That's God on the move. Share the little stories. But then share the hard stories as well because it's, it's actually encouraging to know that you're not the only person having a hard time. <laughs> and then we go through the hard time together, right? We struggle together. And when we share our stories where we see God at work and where we want him to work, we're encouraged and we're comforted and we're inspired to pray. So share what's going on in your part of the mission. So right now, um, just think of one story, just one little thing, big, small, whatever, that 
after tonight's service, you could share. This is a little bit of my story in the mission. Like, have you had like a little spiritual conversation with someone this week? Have you had a breakthrough? Are you praying something? Are you trying a new strategy to get Jesus in the spotlight in your conversations? Do you want new strategies? Because here's a little ad. Um, Google City Bible Forum Rockets. City Bible Forum Rockets. Anyone tried that? Yeah. Preach it, Lauren. Um, anyway, everyone else, Google it tonight. City Bible Forum Rockets. This book, um, they'll send you an email every single week, another little rocket of a way to turn the conversation to Jesus where you are, wherever you are. It's awesome. Um, but share your stories. Are you struggling? Have you had a disappointment? Because um, when we talk about this stuff with others, it becomes real um, and it becomes acknowledged and it's no longer private and it's no longer just owned by you, it's owned by all of us. Peter and John's situation, their story, their scenario, it wasn't just about them. It was the whole church jumping on board and owning it. Boldness comes from sharing our stories. And when we share what's going on, we're all in it together. And we can do something about it together. And that's exactly what the Acts Church did. They rallied together. They shared what was going on. And then they did the most important thing they could do. They looked to God. They lifted their voices together to God. And there's so much we can take from this, this prayer. Verse 24, when they heard it, they lifted, they, all of them together, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. If you want to grow in boldness, look at God and start by taking in a bit of his bigness. It's a technical term. Because um, there's nothing that makes you feel more bold than knowing that there is someone bigger backing you up. Like you picture a little chihuahua just strutting along with his big Great Dane buddy behind him, right? He's pretty confident. And not about him, but about who's backing him. But we're thinking even bigger. The God who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. That is big. Focusing on God's bigness helps our boldness, right? Are you feeling scared? Are you feeling like you're a little bit too small for the mission? Then go outside. Take in the sky. If it's cloudy, take in the clouds. Take in the stars. Go down to the beach. Just contemplate the hills. The one who made all of that, he's on your side. And he wants you to do this, and he wants you to see victory in this mission. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Boldness comes from looking to God and remembering his word. They quote scripture. It was Psalm 2 that we were looking at before. And quoting scripture in prayer is a great thing to do, a great encouragement. 
Psalm 2 is one of those psalms, one of many psalms that just screams of Jesus as you read it through. Why do the rulers try to plot against you? And God laughs. And he says, I've set my king, capital K, king on Zion, my holy hill. And then he explicitly says that this king, capital K, is his son, capital S. And he did it. God's word is true. He's good for his promises. All his promises are yes and amen. Boldness comes from looking to God and remembering his word and seeing that again and again and again it's fulfilled. So are you feeling discouraged? Like the world is plotting against your mission. Psalm 56, 3 and 4. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. Boldness comes from looking to God and remembering his word. Even more boldness. Boldness comes from recognizing God's hand. So the Acts Church right now, they can see it all looking back. The Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, all plotting to get rid of Jesus. But God had his way. All they did just worked to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. How comforting is that? What seems to be the most tragic blow to the whole mission and idea of Jesus actually turns out to be the centerpiece of all of it. And if God could work like that at the start, he could work like that with Peter and John in the temple. He could work with the church from then on, and he could make good of everything that was ahead of them. And they could see his hands all over it. Boldness comes from recognizing God's hand. And this, this is such a helpful question in this context, but in every single place in your life. Where can you see God's hand at work? Ask yourself that. Where can I see God's hand at work in my life, in my mission? Let's just think in mission for now. Where have you seen him answer prayers in the last week? Think little stories. Who has he put in front of you to witness to? That's his hand. Like Jason said, like that whole meeting to get the job at Channel 9. He's like, yeah, people would say it's a coincidence. It was the hand of God. How have you seen him working out his promises? Where have you seen the hand of God? He's going to give you boldness when you see his hand. Recognize his hand. And if you honestly can't see it, then ask someone else. How have you seen God's hand at work in your life? And I'll tell you, and we'll grow in boldness. Because when we see how big and how in control and how active God is, that his hand is at work in everything, then we can confidently ask him for help and for more help. You want to go more bold to talk about Jesus? Look to God and ask him. Verse 29. They ask God a bunch of things. And this is the first thing they ask. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. They ask God to look upon their threats. They're asking God to respond. It seems kind of a curious thing to do. Look upon their threats. But it's this. God, take notice of what's going on here. And he does, because I'm struggling, and I need to know that you know what I'm up against. 
and I need your help, and I need you to act. Lord, look upon their threats. And just like in Psalm 2, it was the same kind of thing, where God notices the world's threats, and he responds with definitive action. He will do it again. So how comforting is it to know that he notices? He notices what you're up against. All those tricky little situations and and the missteps that you might take, he notices and he knows. He notices the threats that are coming your way or not. He notices that and he's ready to respond. So ask him about it. Ask him to respond because boldness comes from knowing that God notices us and notices what we're up against. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Boldness comes from asking God for boldness. Does that make sense? I'll say it again. Boldness comes from asking God for boldness. It seems pretty obvious, right? I don't do it. Okay, I try to drum up boldness for myself. I catch myself wondering sometimes whether the only real, true, natural evangelists are just the extroverts who don't care what anyone thinks. The belligerent extrovert. Anyone ever caught themselves thinking that? Like, that's, that's actually an evangelistic gift. <laughs> to just blah, spurt, blurt it all out there. Because I can't seem to get enough boldness at times to broach the subject of Jesus. But I don't ask God for boldness. Because this isn't about just particular personalities. And it's not about us trying to muster up the boldness for ourselves because we are in a spiritual battle and we need help beyond us. So let's ask God for boldness this week. You want to try that? Ask God for boldness this week. So I wonder how many times he might grant enough boldness to just nudge us over into mission. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is stunning. You think about this. These guys have just been locked up intimidated, shut down by the authorities, and and now they have access to the almighty God to ask whatever they want. This God who notices those threats. And what do they ask for? They ask for healing. They don't want God to retaliate and intimidate back or avenge them. They wanted him to bring blessing. Like that is radically different to this approach. Their approach is so different. And it has to be because the Christian must interact with the world in a radically different way to the world. Because we're not in a battle with people. We're on a rescue mission. I think sometimes... um, that we just hope for everything to fall into a big, burning mess so that people, once everything has totally fallen apart and burned to ashes, then they'll run back to God. Because when I look at the world and 
how messed up it is and how far down the spiral and how complex it is to reach anyone. I just think that, that's the only thing that can happen. Just let it burn and then people run back to God because it seems so hard. That seems to be the only way to clean it up. But that's when I'm not looking at God and looking to God because God is an expert at working with mess. You see how he did it all the way along. And we look at this mess and we say, God, get involved. (laughs) Your way. Can you bring healing? Can you work wonders and signs here beyond this mess and do something here? Boldness comes with God's blessings. Let's ask him to bring blessings and healing and to work wonders in this messed up world because there's no other way that these people are going to be reached unless he does something like that. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Boldness comes from keeping Jesus at the center because we're on mission for Jesus' sake, right? He's the star. Let him shine. What we say and what we do, get this. The more Jesus is in the picture, the less we worry about how we look in the picture because he is the picture and we're just a little bit here in the background nothing to worry about for Jesus sake alright and when they prayed the place in which they were gathered together was shaken shaken imagine shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness Boldness comes from the Holy Spirit filling us. They prayed for boldness and the Holy Spirit filled them and the place was shaken. John Chrysostom, he's a fourth century preacher, he said, the place was shaken and that made them all the more unshaken when they saw his hand at work like that. And what happened then was unique. Like, I don't think any of us were expecting this building to shake. And I'm sure Lou George is pretty happy that the building is not going to shake. What happened then was unique, right? That this was the Holy Spirit advancing on the world through the apostles and the early church establishing the truth of this, the gospel. And things happened that were miraculous and unheard of and totally different and remarkable and out of the ordinary. And that, that's why Luke documented it. This is crazy what happened. I want you to know, Theophilus. Things aren't like that now. But the thing is, we wrestle with the same kind of struggles. We have a world that doesn't want to hear about Jesus. And we have people that will actively try to shut us down for speaking up about Jesus. And we have our own fears. All the things that they had. But we also have the same Holy Spirit they did. And we can be emboldened the same way they were, filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's empty out whatever else we're obsessed with and be filled with the Holy Spirit and grow in boldness 
Do you want to grow in boldness, speaking about Jesus to others? Rally together like we're doing, and let's keep rallying together. Share our stories with each other. And as we do, let's look to God and remember how big He is and how sovereign He is and how powerful He is, how true to His word He is, how much involved He is in the world. And let's ask Him to keep doing it to keep being active, to notice what we're up against and to give us boldness and to bless the world through us. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who promised through the scriptures that you will have your way, do whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon our struggles and our fears and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Shake us to become unshaken. Keep us united and keep us boldly speaking the name of Jesus. Jesus.